When it comes to an integrated healthcare system, Kaiser Permanente has been at the forefront. An integration among doctors and healthcare facilities can lead to good things for the quality of medical care once care is coordinated at all levels. Welcome to the Physicians Roundtable on ReachMD XM Channel 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today from his offices in Northern California is Dr. Robert Pearl, the executive director and CEO of the Permanente Medical Group. As CEO of the largest medical group in the nation since 1998, Dr. Pearl is responsible for the health care of over 3 million Kaiser Permanente members. The medical group is comprised of over 6,000 physicians and 25,000 staff members and operates 19 medical centers in Northern California. Dr. Pearl, please welcome to ReachMD. Hello. You've written on a lot of medical journals and have faculty appointments and and speak around the country on, on a lot of the things that Kaiser Permanente does. And if you could, integration is something that they were one of the founders of out there. And so if you could give us a little history on Kaiser Permanente's integration and talk about how that is, has benefited patients. Kaiser Permanente began 60 years ago this year as three entities, an insurance company, a hospital system, and a medical group. And we've maintained that integration of all three which we now call Kaiser Permanente, across that time period and expanded it as medicine has advanced in the second half of the 20th century and into the 21st century. I think, Bruce, the best way to define the consequences or the advantages of integration is to look at one simple statistic, which is that the National Committee for Quality Assurance noted in their annual report that we had lowered the chances of our patients dying from heart disease 30% below patients taken care of in the communities around us. 30% lower chance of our patients dying from heart disease. When you start to ask, how is that possible? You, you come to the conclusion it can only happen through integration. That the reason why you're able to lower the chances is because you can better prevent heart disease in the first place. That requires that all physicians, not just the primary care physicians, but all physicians, assure that our patients have had the proper screening and tests and the best management of both blood pressure, diabetes, and all the other reasons why people develop heart disease in the first place. It requires not only that you do the best in prevention, but you do the most immediate treatment. So as a result, in our emergency rooms, because they're all integrated, we're able to begin the administration of either the medications or the procedures to unblock arteries much more rapidly. And it's helped by the fact that we have the most advanced information technology systems available to our doctors so that immediately they have, regardless of where our patients may have had it done in the first place, the EKG that was performed and can be compared to the most recent EKG so that the proper diagnosis can be made. Yeah, it's not a fragmented situation. So so if the EKG is done at one hospital and then one doctor doesn't have to do it again, I mean, you know and can easily get easy access to it. Exactly. It can be done in the offices. And, you know, we have 6,000 physicians. We have 6,000 physicians' offices. And being able to coordinate the 6,000 potential sources of EKGs, bring it together in a single database so that when the patient walks in, we're not asking, who's your doctor? Let me call his office. We're simply saying, what's your name? What's your medical record number? And your EKG is now immediately available using the technology systems so that the new EKG and the old one can be compared, a diagnosis can be made, and treatment begun much more rapidly. We have centers of excellence that are able to do large volumes of surgery so that the outcomes, which are 
have been reported nationally to be related to volume can be better, and we're therefore able to attract the best clinicians who simply want to be able to provide care in a way where they have the medical information that's necessary, they have the excellence of colleagues, and they're able to do the volume of work commensurate with their expertise and training. Well, these are very interesting points with the whole idea of integration. I just wrote a story about a hospital system in southern Illinois that just sold its health insurance company because you find these issues that break down when organizations try to integrate where they say, oh, goodness, you know, we're not making money off the health insurance system or whatever. So what are some of the keys that our physician listeners or or even leaders at, at hospitals and such or consumers that are involved in these organizations, what are some of the key issues that people have to get past to start to be better integrated in healthcare? Well, the, the first one is that the insurance companies should be not-for-profit. So to the extent that a company is publicly traded at for-profit, it is only going to ask the question about the return to the shareholder investment, and that's the wrong question to begin. I think a non-for-profit health plan needs to ask the question, what's best for the people of this community? And then to be able to then work with a not-for-profit hospital system that once again is able to not have to return added dollars to shareholders, but can be able to use the dollars that are generated for additional capital investments, for new technology, to hire additional staff, and then a professional medical group that can work in collaboration and partnership with the both the hospital and the health plan. Once the three parts are together, then the organizations can look in a forward direction rather than either just at the next at the last quarter or at what's happened over the past year, they can look forward to ask, where do we need to build capacity? Where do we need to add facilities, not to generate profit, but because our, our patients that we serve will need it? Which are the technologies that we should be bringing in to make available to our people, both the people giving the care and the people receiving the care? And they actually can work, as we do in the Permanente Medical Group, asking which physicians do we need and how do we put together programs to recruit the best, the best trained individuals in the nation? It's that collaboration and cooperation that I think is going to be essential and is the, certainly underlies integration. And I'll say finally, and this is where medicine has to overcome its history, where physicians have not worked well with each other across specialties. Primary care with specialty care, different surgical groups in their own unique specialty competing with each other. Hospitals in the same community often have redundancy of services or close by. Rather than working together to ask the question, how do we maximize the volume to deliver the care, it is going to require a different culture and a different mindset that exists in the fragmented fee-for-service world today. Well, Dr. Pearl, this has been a fascinating discussion about integration. If you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and I'm talking with Dr. Robert Pearl, who's executive director and CEO of the Permanente Medical Group, and we're talking about integration, and this is how hospitals doctors and health insurers work together. And at Kaiser, it's a little easier than most because, as Dr. Pearl says, they're nonprofit and everybody is essentially working for the same goal. Now, Dr. Pearl, this whole idea of nonprofit, I mean, there could be some physician listeners or some consumers out there that are saying, well, well, amen to that because they don't like the fact that anybody makes money off health care and particularly not an insurance company. And that's actually an issue that some people might roll their eyes and say, oh, that's never going to happen. But it is something that has gained a little traction in this year's election. And, and maybe you could shed a little light on that. I mean, it, are there some things gaining momentum that would 
perhaps throw some of the insurance to a little more, if not nonprofit, but but some regulation that could further the integration along? Well, as you're, as you're implying, that there is a lot of debate about how to fund health care insurance. And if we had a lot more time, we could go into a lot of detail around the different positions that exist. But my sense is that the biggest challenge is really not around how is health care going to be financed, but how is health care going to be delivered. And I say it that way because what people don't fully recognize is how the diseases of the American population have changed. If you go back even 30 or 40 years ago, people essentially were healthy. They would get an acute problem, so they would get pneumonia. They would go to a physician's office. He or she would make the proper diagnosis, prescribe an antibiotic, and the person usually would get better unless they obviously died. That is a, today, very little of what we do is acute illness. Most of it is chronic and complex illness. And it's where the integration becomes so important. Both of my parents, unfortunately, on the East Coast had died a few years ago. But I was amazed as I went back there how they would have five, six, eight physicians taking care of them. And they didn't communicate. They didn't coordinate. There was no one to turn to who was able to figure out exactly what needed to be done and how all the medications were going to work together. And, of course, they didn't have the information technology that might underlie all of that. An integrated organization like Kaiser Permanente is able to accomplish that. They're able to bring people together into the same room, with the same computer system. They're able to have specific individuals who will take the direct responsibility for the totality of the care. And so the opportunity to treat what I will call 21st century illness, which is chronic illness and multiple illnesses and complex illness, through integration, which is teamwork and technology, that combination becomes very, very powerful. The fragmented FIFA-service type world, which is really unchanged from the 19th century cottage industry of medicine, just simply can't address the problems of the modern times. Well, that's also very interesting because when you do talk about some of the disease states in this country that are causing the most problem, it seems that they could be attacked at the primary care level, whether it be diabetes or obesity hypertension, and a lot of things that we, that we have discussed. And I guess I was wondering, is the medical system set up for this? I know that when we're in a political year, and, and I think about when I first started writing about health care, when Mrs. Clinton had her health care reform proposal, are we training enough primary care doctors? And also, if you could share, share with us maybe what the breakdown is of the 6,000 physicians at Kaiser compared to the rest of the country. Oh, I'm not sure I can compare it to the rest of the country. We're about half primary care and half specialty care. And that was one of the goals that people, you often heard people say even 10 years ago. Right. I mean, certainly the, the best way to treat a disease is to prevent, prevent it in the first place. And we focus quite a bit on prevention. We are the best in California at accomplishing that. And it's certainly in our mission, in our history. In fact, our founder, Dr. Garfield, began prepayment as a way of being able to align the interests of patients with physicians with the whole healthcare type system. What I would say, getting back to the question you're posing, is what you're noting, which is we need to have an excellent primary care system because our primary care physicians are the individuals with whom our patients have a lifelong set of communications and treatment. And it's certainly not a 50-50 breakdown at most organizations, I don't think. It's not because the modern U.S. healthcare system pays a lot more for specialty care than it pays for primary care. It pays a lot more to treat a problem 
than to prevent it in the first place, and it actually tr- pays again and again for the complications that happen after treatment is offered the first time. So the, I think the FIFA server's approach to healthcare is one that is broken, and why I, I'm a firm believer both in integration as well as in prepayment. Well, with that, I would like to thank Dr. Robert Pearl, who's been our guest. He's given us a lot to think about. We've been talking about integration of the healthcare system and something that they have done at Kaiser Permanente for decades now in Northern California. Dr. Pearl is the executive director of the Permanente Medical Group as a part of Kaiser, and he's been our guest. And I, I would like to thank him for being on our program. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions about today's show through our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire medical show library and on-demand podcasts. And I would like to thank you today for listening.